Fantastic. Well, it's, it's great to be, be together, isn't it? Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I think back over my life, one of the trends that I see is just how important purpose is to me. Um, you know, for many of you will know, for a lot of years, for me, I lived for music. Music was my purpose. It was what I was all about. Um, and then when I began to really kind of grow in my relationship with Jesus and to get excited about Jesus, something happened. I didn't stop enjoying music. I continued to enjoy music. I continued to love music. I enjoyed playing on my own. I enjoyed playing as part of groups. But something happened which meant that I begin to ask myself, what's the point? I begin to feel like it was empty of purpose. That I would spend hour after hour sat on my own in a room playing an instrument. And what was the purpose? And what I find is that when I don't have a clear sense of purpose, I don't have any motivation. I don't have the the drive and the get up and go to make things happen. I can't overcome that kind of feelings of tiredness and weariness and the challenges of life. I just kind of back off because what's the point? But when I've got a sense of purpose, all of that changes. When I've got a sense of purpose, I stop counting the number of hours that it takes to do a job. When I've got a sense of, of purpose, I stop counting the cost. When I've got a sense of of, of purpose, suddenly the challenges that that come along aren't these obstacles that I back off from, but become things that you think creatively about how you're going to overcome. And there's a sense of joy in what I'm doing when I've got purpose, because it counts for something. It matters. And I know that it's worth it, even when it's hard. So I've found in my life, and maybe you've found it in yours that knowing my purpose is so important. And I wonder, I wonder today if you think about it and you just stop and ponder for a moment, what would you say your purpose is? What is it that motivates you? What is it that you live for? And I think we can find purpose in all sorts of different things. Many of us, we can find purpose in our, uh, in our family and investing in our children or in our marriages or we can find purpose in our career. Or we can find purpose in in our friends or in all sorts of different things. In helping others. We can find purpose in lots of different good things. Maybe though for some of you, actually you sit there and you just don't know how to answer that question. And actually you, you feel like, well, I don't really know what my purpose is. I just kind of do life. I just kind of get on with things and make the best of it as I go. Well, over the last few months, we've been taking some time to try and bring Jesus in focus. And one of the things that we see with Jesus is that his life is full of purpose. His death is full of purpose. And when he's raised to to a new life again, he continues with purpose. Jesus knew exactly what he was about. He tells us that the the whole reason that he came, the whole thing that he was about is he came to bring good news. He he came to, to set people free. To open the eyes of the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to, to care for those sheep that we've just been talking about that are wounded. 
He came to, to set people free from shame and from, from guilt. He came to set people free from being weighed down and crushed by all these different rules and trying to match these expectations and do life in this kind of way where they just feel like they can never, never measure up. He came and we see him as he comes coming alongside the people who feel rejected. The people who, as far as anybody else is concerned, are unlovable. No one wants anything to do with them. And he comes alongside them and he speaks into them words of life and love and hope and forgiveness. We see Jesus, he comes alongside people and he, and he heals the sick. He raises the dead. He, he calms a storm. He takes a packed lunch and with it he feeds thousands. As he shows himself to be the one who has all authority over everything. And yet at the same time being the one who cares for us and loves us enough to use that authority to meet our needs. And time and time again what we see is that, that Jesus is going about and is proclaiming the kingdom of God. And he's saying this is what the kingdom of God is all about. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he invites us to then follow him and to bow the knee and to accept him as our king. This is Jesus' big purpose. He knew what he was about. He was motivated. There was nothing that, that would stand in his way. His big purpose was to proclaim through what he said and through what he did that the kingdom of God was near, that it was available, that forgiveness was available, that the hope was available. That relationship with God was available for every person who would bow the knee and accept him as king. And then Jesus begins to teach us how we're to live with him as king. What it looks like to be his followers. And he makes it clear that following him isn't just about what we get and what we receive, as amazing as all of that is. But actually, it's about stepping into a new life full of purpose. That if you're here, and you would consider yourself to be a follower of Jesus, which most of us would, then today God has an amazing purpose for your life. And we, we see this purpose, I think, captured most clearly in, in some of Jesus' last words that he says to, to his followers. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's not yet ascended into heaven. He, he spends 40 days teaching people, teaching his followers what it's all about, opening their eyes to see things in a fresh way. And then the last thing that he does is he gives them some instructions as to what it is they're to do next. He makes it clear to them, this is what your purpose is once I've gone. And this is what we read in Luke 24, verses 44 to 48. It says, Then he said, When I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. This is Jesus helping them to understand what his life has all been about. This is Jesus helping them to understand his purpose. 
And then he goes on and he says, now this is what your life is to be about. He says, it was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. This is Jesus saying to to his followers, and as his followers to you and me today, I might be going back to heaven, but my work on earth is not finished. Now it's your job. It's your job to do what I've been doing. Now it's your job to, te- to proclaim the message that I've been proclaiming. Now it's your job to be my witnesses and to put me on display for everybody to see. This is your big purpose. Now it's our job through what we say and what we do to proclaim to our community, to, to proclaim to St. Austell, to proclaim to, to this county and to, to the nations that forgiveness is available. That a new way of living is available. That relationship with God is available. That hope is available to every person who will bow the knee and accept Jesus as king. And that's an amazing purpose. It's a huge purpose. And the key thing that Jesus says that we've got to proclaim, that we're to be witnesses of, is that there's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And a witness is someone who doesn't just know about something secondhand. You're not going to get called up in court to to something because you you know about something secondhand, you heard something from so-and-so, from so-and-so, from so-and-so. Oh, now, that doesn't make you a witness, does it? A witness is someone who has seen for themselves or experienced for themselves, who knows for themselves firsthand. And that's why they're able to share about it with others. That's why their, their witness is credible. And so for us to be witnesses of this, this amazing truth that forgiveness is available to all who repent, We need to more than just know that up here. We need to somehow experience that in here. To experience the love of God. And the mercy of God. And the forgiveness of God. And the hope and the new life that we have as a result of all of that. In here. And how does Jesus say we can experience that? He says that forgiveness is available to all who repent. So what do we do when we repent? Because that's the crux of it then, isn't it? You know, well, as we repent, we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us. We come to the realization of the mistakes we made and the sin in our lives and we own it. As we repent, we then confess to God. And we talk to him about what we've done. And we say we're sorry. And we confess to other people. 
as we own those mistakes that we've made. And then as we repent, by the grace of God and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we commit to change. That, will, that we will make a change in our lives. Because we are making Jesus king and we're choosing to live for him. And Jesus' promise is that for those who repent in this kind of a way, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness that washes us clean and gives us a new start. There's forgiveness that we don't just know about, but then wrestle with and struggle with what we experience. That sets us free from all the things of our past. Because he paid the price for everything that we have ever did and ever will do when he sacrificed himself on the cross. That's what made that forgiveness possible. And this is an amazing truth that we can know in our lives, that we can experience and then become witnesses of. And that's, I think, the challenge that, where it, where it kind of hits home for me. Is, it's an amazing wonder of the gift that God has given, and I, I relish that and rejoice in that. But Jesus says it's, it's not all about you. Having received, it's now about something bigger than you. And you're to be witnesses of what it is that you've received. That's why Luke writes Jesus' words in Luke 24. That as followers of Jesus, we not only receive forgiveness, but we are commissioned to be witnesses of it. Jesus calls us to be his witnesses. To not only talk about who he is, to not only get to enjoy what he's done for ourselves, but to put him on display through the lives that we live. To put on display through the lives that we live the truth that forgiveness is available to all who repent. And that means living our lives in a way that models repentance. And that can be painful. And that can be hard. Because it means that when we mess up, when we make mistakes, we refuse to brush it under the carpet. We refuse to try and make out that it's not a big deal. And instead we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us. We allow the Holy Spirit to, to stir us up so that we confess what it is that we've done to God and to others. And then we commit to change. To be quick to own our mistakes and to go up to people and say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Because when we do that, we put on display something of who Jesus is and the work that he is doing in our lives. And we're acting as his witnesses, and it is powerful. But it's a challenge, isn't it? I don't know anybody who finds it easy to go up to someone and say, I was wrong. You know, as parents, how do we model to our children a lifestyle of repentance? You know, I know how often 
I mess up as a parent. I know how often I lose my temper. I know how often I I jump to a quick conclusion and make a decision that ends up being shown to be unfair. And so for me to, to model repentance means that I need to get to a place where I can go up to my children and I can say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. How do we model repentance in our marriages? In the workplace. In our friendships. It's not easy. It's countercultural. It goes against everything that comes naturally to us. But when we do this, it is so powerful. You know, we often talk about how we exist to see God's love transform lives. That's what we're about. We exist to see God's love transform lives as we follow him. And, and we have times when we, we, we love to share stories about answers to prayer or opportunities to share faith and the amazing things that God is doing. And I love that. It's great to be able to celebrate those things. But you know, God is always reaching out to us and working to bring about our transformation. For us to become more and more like Jesus. And that doesn't happen just in the successes. It's just as much the case in the midst of our mistakes and our messes and our struggles and our trials. And that's really what repentance is. What it's all about. It's about God reaching out to us in the midst of our mistakes and us responding to him and allowing him to bring about change within us. To convict us so that we own what we did, so that we confess to him and so we commit to change. And you know, this week I had the privilege of of being part of a story of repentance. Of God in his love bringing good and bringing transformation out of a mistake. And and I'm going to ask Liam, he's just going to come up and he's going to share just for a minute or two about his experience um, of what it is that we've been talking about. Thanks, Liam. Cheers, Pete. Right. I've got my phone because I've got my notes here, so don't worry. I'm not just texting someone at the front. (laughs) I'll keep an eye on it. Thank you. Hello, all you lovely church. Um, I wanted to share a bit about something that God has particularly convicted me in, and I would like to take an opportunity to apologize to all of you as a church too. So last Saturday, I went along to a beer festival at St. Austell Brewery with the intent to meet some friends, some non-Christian friends, and I unfortunately got drawn into what they were doing by drinking more than I'd planned. I then came along to the Tear Fund Big Quiz and ended up making a bit of a fool of myself. Upon reflection this week, constantly beating myself up internally, I know it was a truly silly thing to do. And I've been praying and thinking about what safeguards and changes I can put in place to make sure it never happens again. I've processed this with Pete and the leadership team and received their forgiveness. And I would like to ask for your forgiveness too. It's always important when you make mistakes and when mistakes are made to remind yourself and look back to Romans 8.1, which says, There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. This has been such a helpful passage for me this week. 
and one that I've gone back to numerous times, when I've been really beating myself up internally. And actually, this has happened at a very apt time, or apt moment, as we've been looking at Romans 7 and 8 in the bridge on a Sunday night, which is an exact example of what Paul says in Romans 7. I don't do what I do want to do, and I do do what I don't want to do. But I'm so thankful that of the forgiveness that is found in Christ Jesus. And I wanted to leave you with one final thought. Uh, as a reminder for those of you who are struggling to forgive yourself or others, and it's that we come to church not because we are perfect, but it's because we are so aware of how broken we are, and we know that only Jesus can fix us and make us whole. Um, I really just want to honour Liam in the way that he's handled himself through this and um, the way that he's walked through this week has been, been amazing and he's put into practice exactly what we've been talking about he's put into practice what it looks like to repent to own his mistake, to confess it and to commit to change and he receives God's forgiveness and he receives our forgiveness. And, and actually, you know, I look at him in the midst of this and I know that the way that he's handled himself in this shows the destiny that he has in God because his heart in this is to follow God and to pursue him with all that he is, even when that's painful, even when that's not easy. And it'd be great to pray for Liam, wouldn't it? And um, yeah. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you I want to thank you for, for Liam's heart in this. I want to thank you for his, his desire to see good come out of his mistakes. To see not that good not only in himself as you work to transform him, but that good in us as a church as he looks to model to us what repentance is. And Lord, I pray that right now you would come and he would experience what we've been talking about, that the the forgiveness we've been talking about, he would not just know in his head, but he would experience it right now in his heart. That he would experience your forgiveness. He would experience being washed clean and set free. That he would know that it is dealt with, it is done, that his past is, 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 is been dealt with by you and that he is now free from it, that he is not under condemnation. And that he would just receive an infilling of your spirit now to be a powerful witness for you. A powerful witness for you in this, not only in a lifestyle of repentance, but through living a life which honors you and lifts you up. Through speaking about you and having opportunities to share about you, not only with the young people, but outside of that too. So Lord, come and bless him now. Let him know how much you love him and how much we love him. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I love the, uh, the verse that, that Liam mentioned, Romans 8, verse 1. It's been a verse which has been precious to me for a lot of years. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, when God puts his finger on the mistakes that we make, it is never to beat us up. It is never to condemn us or to pull us down. It is always to lead us to repentance so that we can be set free so that we can be made whole. So that we can know Jesus' forgiveness, not just as an idea up here, but we can know it in here. 
And all of that is just possible because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, because he paid the price for every mistake we ever did, every mistake we ever will do, so that we don't have to, so that we can be free from it. Isn't that amazing? But as we see in these verses, Jesus then says to us, now that you have received from me, let me give you a great big purpose. Live a life of repentance that puts me on display. Be a witness of how I'm at work in your life. How I'm at work for your good and to bring about your transformation. But not so it's all about you. Be a witness of it so that people will see how I want to be at work in their lives. And a key part of, of what it is to be a witness of Jesus, a key part of that is to, to proclaim through what we say, through the way we live, through what we do, that forgiveness is available to all who repent. But as important as that is, as essential as that is, I think that's just the start of what Jesus means when he begins to talk about us being witnesses. Because he says to his followers, you are witnesses of all these things. And this comes straight after he's just unpacked for them every part of who he is and what he's about in his life. He says, you are witnesses of all these things. Essentially, he's saying, you are witnesses of all that I am. You are witnesses of all that I taught. You are witnesses of all that I've done. You are to put me on display and take the message that I've proclaimed and take the things that I've done and bring it to all nations. So that every person on the planet has the opportunity to receive my forgiveness as they repent. So that every person in every generation has the opportunity to experience life and life in all its fullness. Not only on earth, but for all eternity. So that every person is given the invitation to follow me and to bow the knee and to accept me as king. Jesus gives us a mission. As a follower of Jesus, you have an amazing big purpose. Your purpose is so much bigger than yourself. And your life or your career or your family or your anything. Your mission and your purpose is to put Jesus on display. Our mission and our purpose as a church is to put Jesus on display. To put Jesus on display for our community. To put Jesus on display for St. Austell for our families, for our friends, for the people that we work with, for people at school. So that every person would have the opportunity to see something of who Jesus is, to hear something of his message and his invitation and respond to him. And this is a big mission. It's a big purpose. So how, when as we've already been talking about today, how when we're people who are in so much need of forgiveness, we're people who are broken, we're people who are weak. How in the midst of our weakness and our mistakes, how do we live a life that puts Jesus on display? 
How do we live a life of sacrificial love for others that puts others first in the way that Jesus did? How do we do the things that, that Jesus did and, and, and see the miracles? How do we proclaim what he proclaimed? Because if you're anything like me, then you will be all too aware of just how woefully you, inadequate you are of that. And the key is what Jesus says next. In the next verse, having commissioned the disciples to be his witnesses, he goes on and he says in Luke 24, verse 49, he says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Is that an amazing statement? Until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. You see, one of the things that I find is that the enemy is always trying to dumb down our expectations in life. He's trying to dumb down and pull down the expectations that we have of our own lives and what, what we're about. That life is, is hard and, and all we can do is just try and get through. That we should just live for fun or to be comfortable He's trying to pull down our expectations and limit our sense of purpose. But you know, Jesus wants you to live a life that is filled with power from heaven. He wants you to receive the Holy Spirit, not just in a way that makes you kind of feel warm and tingly, but in a way that empowers you and enables you and equips you. So that you can live a life that puts Jesus on display. And so often I think our vision kind of shrinks from that. And maybe we have moments where it kind of hits us and we leap up. But then it just kind of slowly shrinks back. And we get our purpose just gets reduced to this little thing of I'm just going to cope because life's hard. And we think in terms of just getting through challenges or succeeding in our career or enjoying our friends or having time with family, good things, important things, precious things. But God has so much more for us than that. He wants to fill you with power from heaven. To fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you are empowered and enabled and equipped to live a life that puts Jesus on display. You know, in John 20 verses 21 to 22, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is sending us out to continue the work that he began. His big plan is that no longer will his work be confined to one man in Israel 2,000 years ago. But instead, every believer across this planet in every generation will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to put Jesus on display. To put God on display, to preach good news, to open the eyes of the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted. This is a massive mission. This is a big purpose. It's the purpose that God has for you. And when you gave your life to Jesus, yes, 
You received forgiveness and you began a relationship with God and your eternity became secure in, in heaven. But actually, do you know what? Something bigger than all of that happened to. When you responded to Jesus and when you received from him, he spoke over you and he spoke into your life as the father has sent me. I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. God has a calling for your life that is unique and something that only you can do. He has good works prepared in advance for you to do. And the only way that you can ever fulfill the big mission and the big purpose that he calls you to, the only way that that you and the only way that I can put Jesus on display in the midst of all of our weaknesses and our mistakes and our struggles is if we are filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. The greatest need that we have is for the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we go on to read what happens next in the book of Acts, what we find is that because the followers of Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit, they are empowered to put Jesus on display. And we read amazing story after amazing story of miracles and the message of Jesus being proclaimed and thousands upon thousands of people bowing the knee and accepting him as king and receiving his forgiveness as they repent. That's what we want to see, isn't it? That's what we want to see happen here in St. Austell and across our county and across this nation. But we can't do it on our own. We can work hard and we can try and we can be faithful, but we're never going to see it without the power of the Holy Spirit. If as a church or as individuals, we want to put Jesus on display We want to be his witnesses as he calls us to be. Then I believe that it starts with the two things that Jesus highlights for us in these verses. We need to live lives of repentance. We need to be quick to own our mistakes. To confess them to God and to others. And to commit to change. Even when that hurts. Even when that's hard. Because its promise is that as we do that, we are set free from our past. As we do that, we are set free from guilt and shame. As we do that, we receive his forgiveness. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come and fill us with power. Power from heaven. In a way that, in a greater way than we've ever known before. And I want to encourage you in that both to, to make time, to, to take time to, to pray, to take time to seek God, to wait on God, to pursue God, to, to rest with him and ask him to come and fill you with his spirit as we need to do every single day. But I also want to encourage you to ask God to give you a vision of what it looks like in your life for you to live out this big purpose of putting Jesus on display. What does it look like for you in your workplace? What does it look like for you in your family? What does it look like on your street? And then ask him not just to give you the broad brush strokes of the big purpose, but to begin to give you ideas and specifics and strategies. And when he's done that, take him at his word and step out. 
knowing that his promise is that he will empower you to be his witness. Because so often what I find is that that God waits until that moment when we step out, feeling woefully inadequate. And it's as we step that he fills us with power from heaven. It's as we step out that we begin to see him move in amazing ways. We're going to come to a time of communion in in a moment. You know, and it's a time when we get to remember Jesus and to celebrate his sacrifice for us and everything that he's done for us and the forgiveness that's available through him. Before we do, I want to give you an opportunity to pray a prayer with me. If you're here and your heart is that you want to repent today, that God has put his finger on something, or you're just aware of something, and actually this morning you want to own it, confess it, and commit to change. Or if you're here this morning and your heart's cry, God, is I need more of your Holy Spirit. I need more of your power. I can't do this on my own. Fill me with your power from heaven. Or if you're here this morning and you want to respond to Jesus, to give your life to him and to receive his forgiveness for the first time, I'm going to put a simple prayer on the screen. and I'd love you just to join with me in praying it. And we'll pray it out loud. Just join in. You don't have to, but if this is, that's your heart's cry, if this is what you want, then just join me in praying this out loud. Here we go. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Thank you that I can have relationship with you now because you are alive today. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And send me out in the power of your Holy Spirit, that in all things I may put you on display. Amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed,